You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. One of the lowest ranking podcasts in the world. World. We heard your demand for timestamps, and we chose to ignore you, just like your high school years. You'll see Jake with a tramp stamp before we start using timestamps. Sexy tramp stamp Jake. What we're trying to say is, we don't do timestamps, and we never fucking will. I just said the F word. So stop asking, you red bastard cunts. Cunts. <laughs> Welcome to the Timestamp Free Zone. This is Pop Culture Leftovers. Episode 449. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats. And you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. Ho! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And and we're we're the Leftovers. leftovers. And, uh, yeah, um, Jake, uh, we're going to be getting a new sponsor here in a few weeks. Did you know that? I did not know this. This is news. Breaking news. It's breaking news. I'm not going to get into the sponsor yet, but, um, but yeah, we are going to be getting into it. Possibly a new sponsor. I told him I want to try out the product first before I give it the go ahead. So they're going to be sending me some stuff. But anyway, well, if we were sponsored by Culver's, Jake, would, uh, would you, would, would you do it if these were the, the conditions? Hold on. Hear me out here. Culver's, you know, they make the butter burgers. They're the Yeah, yeah, big fan. Oh, I know you are. Big fan. It doesn't matter what kind of greasy crap people are frying up. <laughs> Jake's big fan. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> anyway, Jesus Christ. Eat a fucking salad. Anyway, um if we were sponsored by Culver's and we had to change our name to Pop Culver's Leftovers <laughs> and and this is kind of like that Wayne's World Noah's Ark. You know what I mean? Like when, yes. yeah, Wayne's World brought to you by Noah's Ark and then they change everything. <laughs> Hold on. And within the episode, we had to insert five menu items into each episode organically. We just had to talk about them. So like, you know, like, uh, you know, next week we're, we're talking about, uh, glass onion and I was, and I'm like, Oh, I, I thought glass onion was amazing. Just like the glazed onions on the new Culver Swiss melt, you know, and like that kind of shit. Yeah, you know what James Gunn should bring to DC is those those cheese curds. Yeah, like, uh, and when we sign off, we could be like, and until next week, we're putting a lid on it. But I'm definitely not putting a lid on this beef pot roast sandwich from Culver's. Mm -mm, Yummy, and then we can end the episode, right? Yeah. 
I'm already sold. I hope this is true. I, oh, I know you do. You want one, you want you want one of those fucking uh, Culver's Gold cards where you get free food all the time. You would be going there every fucking. You would eat Culver's breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you had a gold card. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but still some truth. There, there would definitely be days where I would go at least for dinner and lunch. Oh, yeah, step it back a little, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Pump the let's not get crazy, Brian. Pump the brakes, buddy. I love the idea of the car though, like whipping that bad boy out and seeing it like glint and everyone being like, ooh. Oh, I know. All the other <laughs> all the other diabetics are like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jesus Christ. We're not alone. We're not alone, Jake. We've got uh, from Startcast, Mr. Joe Stark. Welcome, Joe. Hey, stoked to be here. And also joining us, <laughs> Joe has to say Colve to be here. <laughs> Welcome to Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, welcome to Delicious. I'm Joe. <laughs> oh my God, dude! When I worked in the office, I had a Culver's that was like less than three blocks away, and I had it for lunch. I mean, sometimes three or four times a week. If I had one of those unlimited cards, it would contribute to an early death. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you, guys, you guys have no fucking self-restraint. None. <laughs> I, I know this and I need to work on it. But Zero. Man, with one of those cards, it would be every day I'd be like, you could have a cheeseburger. You could have a whole sack of cheeseburgers, you fat fuck. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I would, I would give it. I would give it to my parents and make sure they just updated the will. I mean, that's it. (laughs) It's strategic thinking. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You know, they're getting sent to an early grave from this fucking death card that you guys think is like some fucking like unicorn magical rainbow card. And it's like, no, it's going to it's it's going to send you across the rainbow, man. So you give a fat guy something that conjures fucking cheeseburgers for free. They're going to fucking use it. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> anyway. And we also were joined by Paul Hart from uh, the podcast You Can Never Find. Hey, no, no. We we got our feedback up. Someone has been dealing with some medical stuff. But we'll be back. And uh, I am literally holding my concrete mixer Culver's cup from lunch today while you guys are talking about this. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> What's the flavor of the day, Paul? Uh, I have Butterfinger. Mm. Oh, it was delicious. Sorry, I had to grab my energy drink there. Um, Fucking hell. Yeah, guys. Uh getting a later than usual start this week because uh and i want to apologize for the episode coming out late i was fucking sick like i mean sick sick it was uh friday and uh i start here's the thing this is how it starts it doesn't start with just me getting sick it starts with like oh shit my passenger my rear passenger side tire is losing air very fast better go get it fixed Go to fucking Farm and Fleet. They are nice enough to fucking slip me in because they were booked. They couldn't. They were like, ah, we can get you in uh, on uh, on Monday. I'm like, fuck, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm talking like, you know, three days later, I my car wouldn't have been able to make. I would have had to park it there overnight. Anyway, they were nice enough to look at it and they were like, uh, yeah, there is no way we're going to be able to repair that. 
um, you're better off just replacing all your tires. They, they were getting bald anyway. So fucking drop, you know, hundreds of dollars on getting new tires. And as, as I'm sitting in, in Farm and Fleet, I start to feel like scratchiness in my throat. I'm like, fuck. No, 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 no. It, it, it's with me. It's one or two things. I'm going to be fine the next day or I'm going to be full blown sick. And so like I fucking, uh, I left, I got my new tires and then Scott Shooty calls me and I answer and he's like, man, you don't sound good. I'm like, oh fuck. So, oh, no. so, so yeah, the next day I was full blown sick. I mean, so sick on, it was that Saturday that I couldn't, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was running so hot, had such a fever and a headache, like a splitting headache and a fever that I I was just like burning up and I couldn't keep my eyes open. I probably slept 18 out of the 24 hours that day. That day was a blur. Like I would go to sleep, wake up like two, three hours later, open my eyes for a little bit and then close them and then just pass the fuck out again. Like I had no energy at all. And and it went all through the night until like the next morning. And then I think it was like Sunday or Monday morning. I just woke up drenched in sweat. I had a heated blanket on it and my fever finally broke and I just woke up and it was like, it was like, it was like I pissed the bed or some shit, but it was all sweat. I felt like I lost like 30 pounds of like body weight just from sweat. It's ridiculous. I felt like <laughs> it was, it was, it was disgusting, but, um, I, I, today is the first day where I've kind of felt normal. I'm still sick. Don't get me wrong, but I still feel kind of normal. Um, I had to reach out to everybody on Patreon, uh, for, uh, I, I want to thank the Patreon patrons, uh, this month. I hadn't been able to put out an episode. I was going to put out two episodes this week. I was going to record them with you guys on the 18th. I was going to record one. I was going to put, record another. And, uh, with me being sick, I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. And so I put out a message on Patreon like, hey, I'm not charging you guys for next month. And I'm telling you, like multiple people came through and fucking said, don't worry about it. We're lucky to have it. Get well, blah, blah, blah. Somebody was like, go ahead and charge me. And then I think I one of the fucking patrons didn't even say anything, but they bumped their pledge up from six bucks a month to 15. I'm like, what? Oh, wow. We have some awesome people so i want to thank everybody there um and uh thank everybody for understanding because i have not been this sick in well over a fucking decade this is bad this was fucking bad so thank you everybody i really do appreciate everybody fucking uh hanging in there while we were trying to get not like anybody fucking cares about this show anymore anyway joe uh jake Oh, I'm sure there's some people. I mean, you just talked about people bumping their pledge, so obviously they care. Yeah, there's five. Five fucking people. <laughs> five fucking people. I'm sure, that, I'm sure there's dozens nah, of people out there that care. It, dozens. Interest has waned. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, interest has waned with PCL. I mean, there, it was a feverish. There was a, there was a fever at one time, Jake, for this show. People had a fever for this show, and uh, that fever has gone away. Just like my fever went away. Yeah. That fever broke a long <laughs> fucking time ago. When do you think we peaked? Like 2018? I think we peaked after I stopped drinking. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. No, that's know. not true. I, I think we've gotten better since you stopped drinking. I don't think so. I think, I think, I think, I don't know. I think it's, it's just the same old, same old every fucking week with this shit. It is. There's nothing fucking new. We ain't bringing nothing new to the table. Same Jake, same Brian, you know. 
Same fucking yeah, shit. I mean, I don't think we were. I don't think when you were drinking, it was making anything brand new. No, at least you get to sit back and what's the fucking drunk guy going to say now? <laughs> and there was always that chance where I would get angry and yell at somebody. I don't really get too angry and yell at people on the episodes now anymore. I think, yeah, you know? I think maybe you need to bring back the threat, man. Yeah, yeah, I need to bring. Yeah, yeah, Brian, go ahead, wreck your liver. You know what I mean for the <laughs> for the good of the show, Brian. You know I'm out there at fucking Culver's, fucking. You know I'm getting ready for a triple uh, uh, bypass. What what are they with the heart attack and shit? I don't know. <laughs> Jake's Jake's fucking up his heart and his, close enough. I'll yeah. let you know in a few years what they're called. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll let me know. In, Jesus Christ. You got, yeah, between your <laughs> no, that's, I don't want to jinx you. Um, got a contest. <laughs> got a contest. Uh, this is uh, for the uh, the new horror movie uh, Smile. I actually have five um, physical copies that I'm going to be sending out to people. And guys, listen, these come from Paramount. I I know some people have not gotten copies of particular movies. I do reach out to my Paramount contact. They do tell me that they were sent out. That's all. I, and I, there's no way for me to, to have them send like out another copy. Um, I, so I apologize if you haven't received something. If you haven't received something, let me know. And if there's another contest coming up in the future and there's a prize that you're interested in or something, like I will, I'll replace it. I'll, I'll, I'll replace it with that. I'll make you an instant. Joe, I know you didn't fucking win win the sonic you won the sonic but you never got the sonic right yeah that was that was kind of an odd one it, uh, sonic 2 never showed up but then i also recently won a physical copy of jerry and marge go large and that just showed up earlier this week yeah and and i saw someone else on the leftover army page posted that they got their copy too yeah i, I guys i don't i i wish that there was something else that i can do but i mean i'm at, kind of at the mercy of them sending them and then the the, the U.S. Postal Service actually delivering them to you. So, Joe, if you want to make up for the Sonic, I can send you one of these copies of Smile. You let me know right now. <laughs> just just say yes. If you're like, fuck it, yeah, I won something. I want to fucking win Smile. Just fucking say yes. You don't have to be the nice guy and be like, yeah, I'll let somebody else win my uh, copy. Just say, be like, no, I won, I won Sonic. <laughs> I won Sonic. If I can't give Sonic, fucking make me smile. Give me Smile. <laughs> I actually just watched that for the first time earlier this week. I think it's streaming on what Max, maybe. Uh, it's, it might be Paramount Plus. Probably. Paramount. I, I Paramount it's, Plus. It's Paramount because that's who we go through. Did you? I mean, do you want? Do you want a physical copy? Uh, no, you can save it for somebody else. Hey, fucking nice guy. You're supposed to lie. It's a sponsorship. Be like, oh yes, I want that. <laughs> they they yeah. literally tell me I can do whatever I want with these copies. I can shove them all oh, up yeah. my fucking ass if I want to, and just <laughs> run around. Is there a movie you never gave away that that's what happened? Uh-uh. No, 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 no. <laughs> the only time I the only time I've gotten one of these movies is when not enough people fucking entered these contests. That's it. Mm. That's it. Bring home smile on 4K UHD disc today. Sosie Bacon stars in the terrifying horror movie, which critics are calling haunting and scary as hell. Face your fears with over an hour of heart-pounding bonus content, including Laura Hasn't Slept, the nail-biting original short film that started it all. 
plus deleted scenes and more. Available on 4K and Blu-ray. It's rated R from Paramount Pictures. Guys, I've seen this movie. I fucking, I think I gave it a Tupperware. I fucking loved it. I thought Smile was incredible. Um, amazing fucking movie. And uh, had me guessing the entire time. And I thought it had a very satisfying ending. So I loved Smile. This is definitely one that you'll want to enter. All you have to do to get entered into the contest is I'm going to be putting out a Smile Facebook post and a Smile tweet. Uh, all you have to do is retweet it or share it on Facebook. One of the two. You don't have to do both. Just one of the two. Screenshot that you did. Send it to me. Contest at popcultureleftovers.com with the title Smile. And you'll be entered to win Possibly one copy on Blu-ray. And uh, yeah, we'll go over those winners when we return in the new year. We're going to be returning in the new year. I'm not going to be putting out. We're, we'll just re- I think it's I think it'll be like January 8th or some shit when we come back. Um, is that right? Hold on. Let me look at the. Let me look at the. That looks right. Yeah, January. We'll be back then, guys. We've got New Year's coming up and all this other shit. So we'll be back January 8th. We'll do a, uh, the Tuppies and, uh, then fucking, uh, then be rolling with the regular shit in the new year. Anyway, um, yeah, enter, please enter the, the smile contest. It is a really good fucking movie that Joe turned down. Um. I know I'm kind of sitting here going, damn, you should have just said yes. Yeah, why? I, that's what I was like. What the fuck, man? I, mean, I'm, I was in shock. It was, it was just me being nice. <laughs> you, Joe, you need to stop being such a fucking nice pusshole. Like, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, fuck it. Give me one of the copies. Of there it. you go. Four motherfuckers. Four motherfuckers can win this shit. Okay, I've got four copies left because fucking Joe manned up, grabbed his fucking nutsack for once, and fucking said, I want one. Jesus. I, I said it with conviction, too. God, you're going to give some other fucking... Monica Garola gets another fucking copy because Joe Stark... Jesus Christ, Joe. Take whatever you can get out of Monica's hands, please. It's classic. Monica's going to email you about like the four movies she never received and get her own copy that way anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Jesus. Let's see here. Um, let's jump into Good Pop. Oh, you know what? I know I didn't put out an official Good Pop, Bad Pop list for you guys this week. Good Pop, Bad Pop this week is basically I'm just going to get into some of the shit that I watched this week. You guys can tell me about what shit you watched this week. If you watched anything, if you didn't watch anything, then whatever the fuck. That's how it loosey goosey, good pop, bad pop, whatever the fuck. (laughs) Nice. Whatever the fuck. You're lucky you're getting a fucking episode this week. That's all I'm saying. You're lucky that I'm feeling good enough to fucking do this shit right now. Oh, my God. Anyway, good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, I fucking finally uh, finished. I, I watched half of the season and, you know, life... 
Life Happens, PCL stuff to watch, and it got away from me. I didn't get to finish Severance. I finally got to finish Severance, and uh, my God, what an incredible fucking show. What I'm so t- good, right? Severance Season 1. Let me just throw this out there. Seven, Severance Season 1 is better than Westworld Season 1. I'm just comparing just the, the two seasons, which I think were, were both brilliant seasons. I just think that the writing, the acting, everything is just a little bit tighter in in Severance. Maybe just maybe not like the production design and you know the the amount of money they put in the Westworld was just insane. But my God, I'm telling you, I think Severance is better. I just think like the concept is just in, it's just insane, just an insane concept that you can fucking have two parts of your one. One part of your brain shuts off. Another part reactivates when you go into work. And it's a different you that's not even aware of you. Like you have an inside, they have an innie and an outie. That's what they call them. And it's 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 just an amazing fucking show from beginning to end. And I I, I binged like the last uh, four or five episodes. And I was just like, this is just, this is one of the best fucking shows on TV. Severance is amazing. Joe, I know you recently finished it too. You you just like binged the whole fucking season. I did. I, I watched, I think it's nine episodes. I watched all nine of them in a row. I couldn't put it down. Uh, the show is so engrossing and man, it what an amazing concept. Like you were saying in they, they touched on a concept very similar to that in a show that I think was on NBC years and years ago. They had Christian Slater in it. And it was called my own worst enemy in which, when they're like, it worked similar to where they were riding in an elevator and a chip would switch them. But instead of being like an office drone, they were like a spy. And then when they weren't that they were a, like a family man type type deal. The show didn't even go for a whole season. And, but like, I remember when I first heard about severance, I was like, Oh, it sounds like that other show. But then immediately before even finishing the first episode of severance, like you realize like what a special show it is. They do such a good job with the cinematography, the score that's in it, the 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 way that these people who work for this company like just have this kind of devotion to it. And also just how freaky and scary it is that for their any, it's just work day after work day. It's it's nothing else. They don't even have memories of sleeping or anything like that. So like it's the horror in it is like really, really apparent in the way that it slow builds and how it's got all this mythology with the the family that's been CEOs of this country, uh, this company going back for, you know, years and years. It, it, the show's just absolutely fascinating. And it, it had one of the best season finales I've ever seen. Uh, I've been just recommending the show to everybody nonstop <laughs> ever since finishing it. Like, I, I just couldn't believe how good it is. I'm on a second rewatch right now uh, watching it with my wife. Yeah, but yeah, abs- absolutely amazing sh- uh, series. Didn't I, didn't I like reach out to you and say, "Have you watched Severance?" And then you're like, I- "I'll watch that." And then boom, <laughs> I was like, "I'll start it tomorrow." I promise. Yeah. And then it was like, "I can't stop watching this." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, you you watched it too, I'm sure with uh, with your with your podcast, right? Sure, did man. That was it was one hell of a ride. It was so like unique. Uh, I think it's one of uh, Christopher Walken's best, and John Turturro had quite the year with the Batman, but he was amazing in this. And just the guy that plays Melchick, the way he dances was probably the most entertaining yet scariest thing I've seen this year on TV. I absolutely adored this show. You know, the scariest dance I've seen on fucking uh, anything this year was uh, 
the the Megan trailer. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the robot girl that looks like one of the Olsen twins. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. That movie looks fucking awesome, though. It does. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Man, we had that preview when we saw Strange World, and I thought that was weird to get that preview in front of that movie. And that seems inappropriate. No it was so fucking weird, man. That seems really fucked up, especially with kids being there. Yeah, that one time when we saw Toy Story 4, we got, like, uh, the spiral preview. Like, we got a whole, like, we got a whole package of previews set for, like, an R-rated movie. Like, kids were screaming and crying, and people were running to <laughs> what the, the hell? To front that desk. sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, like, covering both their ears yeah, and wh- shouting, close your eyes. <laughs> Why am I never present for anything like that? Like, that would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we found a great therapist. They're good now. Ah, kids are pussies. <laughs> <laughs> kids are pussies, man. Oh my god. Toughen up. You never would have made it through the eighties. No, no shit. <laughs> hey, I knew some pussy kids in the eighties too. Oh man, I watched. And they're all dead now. I <laughs> I, 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 I watched so much fucking shit this week that I, you know, since I was uh, sick, I was just like, there's so much stuff that I just, you know, since I canceled the episode, I watched, I watched Conan the Barbarian. Um, I watched Back to the Future 1 and 2. I watched Iron Man, Captain America. And then I'm like 19 episodes in on the first season of Boy Meets World. Like I just went fucking hog wild with Boy Meets World this week. What a fun, wholesome show. Man, what a wonderful child actor uh, young Ben Savage was. And Will Friedel, man. They were so good. And then what's his name? Uh, their teacher. Fire Strong. Oh, Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney. What's his name? William Daniels? I can't remember. Greg uh, Daniels? I, I don't think it's Greg Daniels. He, he was the voice of Kit the Car. And then also, wasn't he, wasn't he uh, uh, in uh, Charlie's Angels as well? Um God damn it. I could be wrong there. He, he's, oh, he's so good. Mr. Feeney. What a fucking fantastic actor. Anyway, but, uh, oh, and I finished, Joe, I did, I, I knocked out, uh, the White Lotus season two. Yeah. Oh, nice. Absolute Tupperware. Absolute Tupperware. Um, I, the character development in, in the second season was just so amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of people are like, Aubrey Plaza is like the runaway star. And I think, I honestly, I think it's like, She's, 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 Aubrey Plaza is Aubrey Plaza. I, I think she's great in everything, but I think there was a lot of other people that really shined in this season too. Like I'm, like I loved Emily the crim, uh, Emily the criminal, which I saw her in this year. And then, you know, I love her in Legion. I like her. She didn't like, she didn't surprise me because she's, she brings what she brings. But man, there were some other fucking people in this season. I was just like, holy shit. I've never seen these people. These people are great fucking actors. Fantastically written season. Um, man, just a, it was a great show. The girl that played Lucia was good. Her her friend, the piano girl, was great. Uh, the guy that played Giuseppe, the other play, piano player, was really fucking good. Man, what a great fucking season. Man, the girl that played the wife of, like, that douchebag that went on, like, the couple's trip with Aubrey Plaza and her husband, she was awesome in that finale. She was really good, man. She was so good. I never, I never even seen her before. Never even seen no. her before. She looks like she looks like a like a young uh, what's her name Bridget Wilson who married that fucking uh, Pete Sampras guy. Not Pete. Yeah, Pete Sampras. She looked like young yeah. Bridget Wilson. She, really good. Oh my, what a Sonia Blade. 
Sonya Blade. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a great season. Joe, yeah, Joe was like, I was like, Joe watched Severance. Joe was like, yeah, Brian, uh, White Lotus season two. I fucking, I I couldn't stop it, man. I was, I think I binged it in like two, two, three days. So, yeah, really good shit. Um, I also watched uh, uh, 350 Days. Have you guys seen this? Um, no. It's on Amazon Prime. It came out in 2019. And it's uh, interviews with a bunch of wrestlers. And they're talking about 350 days. That's how many days a year they worked and how many years, how many days they were on the road and what life on the road is like for a wrestler, how tough and challenging it is, how you can lose, you know, contact with your family, how these guys got into steroids and the pill popping, how, how they got into like all the different women on the road and all this other shit. And they got into like the violence and how many injuries they had. You wouldn't believe all the wrestlers that they had in this documentary, it wasn't like the highest production budget, but just the amount of guys they had and the amount of stories and the amount of pictures was unreal. It was, they had uh, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, Jimmy Superfly Snuka before he died. And I think before we fucking knew he was like a murderer. Um, isn't that true? Didn't he murder one of his ex girlfriends? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So a bunch Correct. of, bunch of interviews with Jimmy Snuka. And I mean, they make him out to look like a fucking, you know, a wonderful guy. Like, it's crazy. Anyway, superstar Billy Graham, um, leaping Lanny Poffo, you know, uh, the genius. He was in it. Macho Man's brother. Macho Man's brother. And uh, he was kind of like the one saying, like, you, what you get out of wrestling is what you make it. Like, my family, you know, we didn't do any of the drugs. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. I spent time with my family. I didn't, you know, go out and party. I didn't do all this stuff. And, you know, I, I survived it. But, you know, he's one of the rare guys in wrestling that kind of gets through without getting, you know, all beat up and, and uh, destroyed. I still, I, I have my leaping Lanny Poffo, uh, Frisbee with the poem on it, Jake, still, still to this day. Um, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. My, uh, my, uh, my late uncle, he, uh, we were at a, Wrestling match in Peoria, Illinois, and Leaping Lanny Poffo was there, and he was fighting outlaw Ron Bass. And before Leaping Lanny Poffo would wrestle, he would throw frisbees out into the crowd. And the last frisbee he had, he would write a poem on it, and he would read it, and it was about his opponent. And he was fighting outlaw Ron Bass that night, and then he threw it, and my uncle stood up and grabbed it. And then handed it to me, and I've had it uh, ever since. It's like one of my most prized possessions, and I'll never, I'll never, I'll never sell it. I've never seen anything like that on eBay. One of Leaping Lanny Poffo's poem-written frisbees, and I have one. Um, I, I, you know, not the biggest name in wrestling, but I still think it's. I think for a lot of like of us older fans going back that long, you know, that far. Oh yeah, any '80s fan knows yeah. who that is and knows what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure I was at that exact same show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, when my uncle caught the one with the fucking poem on it, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, dude. I was just like, this is so cool. <laughs> um, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine interviews in this. Uh, Tito Santana. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Ox Baker. Marty Janetti, one of the rockers. Um, and um, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart's the big one. Um, but yeah, it's called 350 days and it's on Amazon prime, absolute Tupperware. I highly recommend it. Definitely watch it. Um, 
And right now I am, ha- oh, I watched that Call Me Miss Cleo documentary about Miss Cleo. They call me now. The <laughs> excellent. Mm-hmm. The, I did too. <laughs> I'm at a taste it, Paul. I, I, the production level was kind of low on it. And I didn't think it was all that interesting, to be quite honest with you. No, it was like, say, hey, Millie Way. Like, say, hey, Willie Mays. I, I was kind of bored. Yeah. But it was on. So, yeah. Uh, I learned is it just a movie or is it like a bunch of episodes? No, it's a, it's a documentary about her. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm halfway through. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm watching a I'm watching a steroid documentary called Enhanced to the Max on Tubi, and this shit is fucking wild. Like, um, every once in a while, I watch like I, I'm a big fan of Chris Bell, and Chris Bell's actually in this movie. Chris Bell did a uh, a documentary about steroids called Bigger, Stronger, Faster, and like why. Americans are obsessed, like, especially like men, you know, the boys that grew up in the eighties that were obsessed with like Hulk Hogan and Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and, you know, Sylvester Stallone, why we're all obsessed about being bigger, stronger, and faster, why we're like that in America. And he did that documentary. And then he did like another documentary called, um, prescription thugs about how, um, uh, Pills in the United States and all this shit is basically unregulated and all it's just it's the wild, wild west with fucking pills and all the it's just it's a fantastic documentary. But anyway, he's also in this one. He doesn't direct it, but it's called Enhanced to the Max. And it's this guy. What's his name? Like Tony Huge. And this guy is just he's got he's having these just random people of different fitness levels, men and women taking steroids over seven days to see how much muscle they can put on. And they're taking steroids, SARMs, insulin shots. I'm just like, this is fucking insane. And uh, I think like I'm, I'm through like one guy has already gone through it and he's put on like 20 pounds in 70 days, in seven days. Holy shit. Oh, uh, it's no joke. I mean, this shit's no joke. That's just seven days. Seven days of training and eating 6,000 calories a day. It seems ill-advised to just take people of all walks of life and be like, we're going to put you on this pharmaceutical regimen to, like, get you jacked. There's got to be negative effects to that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I I have mixed thoughts on a lot of this kind of stuff. I feel like what's wild about steroid use and I'm not, don't, don't take any medical advice from me, but what's wild about it is that, like, it's completely fine when a, when a doctor says that you need it for a recovery, right? Like you need the steroid yeah. for a recovery, but like, as soon as you, but as soon as like you've recovered from whatever that is, it's like, no, 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 no. But like the steroid got you to feel better. The doctor said it was okay to take the steroid at the time. And so, yeah, it's because your system needed that little helping hand to get over whatever yeah. hump it needed to get over. Right, right. I don't know. There, there's a st- studies with steroids. It's really weird. It's just it's really weird because if you look at the amount of deaths from like steroid use, it's very low. <laughs> it's very low. And like, so I, I have mixed. I I've never tried an actual steroid, but I, I'd be lying if I got on here and said I haven't taken any type of like. Uh, you know, um, enhancement drugs in the past. Like in my late twenties, early thirties, I took pro hormones and they, f- dude, they fucking work. <laughs> like they fucking, and I, 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 you know, I don't 
think, as far as I know, I've never had any health issues from it. So, and I put on, I put on 15 pounds of muscle in two weeks when I was 27. And I kept 12 of it after the cycle was over. I wow. Felt, I felt great. I felt great. I never had any health ramifications from it, but you know, none of this stuff is, and here's the thing. It's like, it's like, it's not hard to get your hands on steroids. If you want to get your hands on steroids, you can go on the internet and buy them right now. You don't even have to go to like the fucking dark web. You just got to know what the fucking type in the fucking internet to buy steroids. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's insane, man. This fucking, this documentary is, I'm halfway through it and I'm just kind of like, I, I think this guy's part genius and then part mad scientist and playing Shit. and playing with these people because you, you know, I don't know, man. I think he's pumping on, I'm, he's, they're constantly being pumped full of shit. And I don't know how good that's going to be on him long term. But I mean, look at, I mean, look at some of these, look at, look at Stallone. You know, he's taking steroids to this day. Does he look like he's in bad shape? Does he look like he's doing bad? He looks like he's no, doing. Not at all. He looks like he's doing pretty damn good. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "That's what steroids does to you." And you could say Lyle Alzado, but Lyle Alzado did not die from steroid use. The media spun it that way. That is not how he died. He had a disease. He didn't die of steroid use. I didn't know that. It's 100% true. You need to watch Bigger, Stronger, Faster. They get into it. He died of a disease. He didn't die of fucking steroid use. Anyway. I'm not saying go out and take steroids, people. I'm just saying there's not... <laughs> I'm saying there's not enough fucking research out there. And I don't think that... The, I think, like, if the government could find a way to make money off of this shit, <laughs> then they would. Yeah, well, I think steroids are one of those things that there's lots of misconceptions and myths about, too. I think there's a lot of people who think that other people take steroids and they just get jacked overnight. And it's like, no, it just they still have to work out like a crazy person. It just helps them reap bigger benefits from that is the way I understand it. You everybody has a has a like a, a, a natural ceiling, like you hit your natural ceiling. And like that's that's it. Like that's that's the highest you can achieve naturally. Steroids will push you past that. Steroids will say, okay, all right, hold my beer. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, you, you know, you can push yourself past that. Um, does it, but see, there are, th it, it does increase like your blood pressure and other things like that. So you have to monitor that kind of stuff. You have to take like certain supplements to, you know, look, Look out for like your blood pressure and you have to worry about, um, if you're, if you're taking pills, then you got to worry about your liver. But if you're, you know, injecting and it, it just bypasses your liver altogether. But I'm not going to get into all this. I've done a lot of research on, on, the, on this kind of shit, but I've never done steroids. Bet your ass I've been fucking tempted because I know plenty of guys at the gym that do and like they look insane. And, you know, I go to the gym and yes, I would love to look like that. But, um, I, I guess I am kind of worried about like the long-term effects of like how it is on your heart when you get older. So I think it's like you get the benefits, you reap benefits now when you're younger, but like what kind of strain are you going to put in your heart when you get older? So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that risk. 
So, but I just think, I think this documentary is fascinating. They've got a guy here who put, uh, who's taking this thing called DMP to burn. It like burns fat. It, what, how it does that is it, it increases your body temperature, but like it can take you up to like a temperature of 107 and you can die. Holy shit. I know there's you like, there's take a, it while you're in an ice bath or something. There's a, there's a, there is a, there's a, there's a drug called clenbuterol that you can take. And I think it just raises your temperature like one or two degrees. So it's almost like you've got like a, like, you know how you, like when you get a fever, you burn more calories and you lose weight when you have a fever because your, your body temperature is up higher. And, um, a lot of people, when they get sick, they, they can lose weight after they have a fever. There's something called clen and people take clen. But Clen will not take you up to 107. This DMP will take you up to 107, 108. And you don't live, you're not meant to live past 108. <laughs> so you no, you think it would give you brain damage. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I'm just fascinated by this fucking, this documentary. <laughs> I'm thin, but I have the mental acuity of a 12 year old now. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Some of the, I don't know. Some of the stuff, some of the, I don't know. I look, you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, you look at Stallone, and you just see how they are now. And it's like, I, I don't. I think. I think. You know, everything that they taught us. And that listen, everything they taught us in the Dare program about just say no to this and that. Like, some of that shit was bullshit, right? I mean, come on, let's be <laughs> oh, honest. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, look at look at look at what the media did with like Reefer Madness, that movie back in the day, like. People smoking marijuana and like, you know, driving cars all crazy and jumping off bridges and killing each other. And it's like, come on. And same thing with I I just think that there's a misconception out there with a lot of shit. Anyway, um, yeah, fuck it. Do steroids. Children do them, too. There you go. <laughs> it's the perfect time. They make great stocking stuffers. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking it's a thing though it's like everybody everybody's like oh you take steroids and all you do is get road rage and your fucking balls you don't have your, your dick shrinks and it's like that is okay you guys don't know what you're talking about they, people don't know what they're talking about they love it they love people doing steroids when they get the fucking when you get Barry Bonds and you get fucking these guys fucking hitting home runs and you get gigantic American gladiators and huge wrestlers in the WWF but it, for everybody else, it's a problem. <laughs> I don't know. If people want to take them recreationally, I don't see a problem. Whatever. Let them let them worry about their own risks. Let them worry about their own bodies. Um, let's see here. Marvel news. I don't know. Did you guys have any good pop, bad pop? I, I, just, I skipped over you guys. I've been um, uh, Oh, go ahead, Jake. I've just been watching classics myself over here. Lots of Christmas stuff. Watched Home Alone. Watched Muppet Christmas Carol. Watched Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Just stuff like that. Are you, are you fucking five? Are you in, are yes. you ha- you hanging out with you hanging out with Paul's kids and watching TV over the fucking weekend? <laughs> what are you What are you knocking here? Wait, Muppet wait. Christmas Carol? I haven't. I've never seen Muppet Christmas Carol. No, it's one of Michael Caine's best performances. Oh man, it really is. 
<laughs> I mean, he's so good. Like, there's so much goofiness going around him, and he just plays it completely Michael Caine straight. Like, he's perfect. I love the Muppets when I was a kid. I think now that I've gotten older, like, even the nostalgia doesn't even always hold up for me. It's hard for me to go back and watch anything except for maybe Muppets Take Manhattan. So, um, I because th- th- that's like I think that's my favorite. I I, w- I will always watch that and love that. Oh yeah, I uh, cry like a baby when they get married. So, um, I I don't go that far, but you know I <laughs> 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 fucking big birds there. Come on, man. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh my god, Ster- steroids won't make you lose your balls, but fucking Jake will by watching fucking the Muppets. <laughs> oh man, I love the Muppets. I I can't tolerate a lot of the new stuff like i think the the voice for kermit is so off and so fucking bad it's but, terrible oh my god nothing makes me laugh more than frank oz going full into miss piggy that sounded sexual there um <laughs> yeah but that's about it for me i you know a little bit of game shows too i've been caught up on the uh celebrity jeopardy for the last few months oh my god either you're, my either you're a fucking five-year-old or you're 80 what the fuck? <laughs> God damn it. There's no in between with you. Yeah, holiday specials in Jeopardy. That's been what I've been Jesus up to. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, 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 you know, then, you know, a little bit of Will Fortune, Brian, and... Uh, <laughs> you know, we want, I, haven't, we, I know there is a celebrity wheel of fortune and i've seen people say that there's been some pretty good episodes of that but i have not seen it i heard snoop dogg is on it and really embarrasses himself yeah i didn't want to get into any of that but i, I, I it, was, <laughs> it was just it was more piling on to make fun of your viewing choices over the past couple weeks jake that's really what it was no, I'm fucking Teflon. None of it. None of that bothers me. <laughs> I, no, no I, just, I do it for me. I like doing it. It makes oh, me. Then, yeah, then it, continue on. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes me feel good that I won't let anything you go. Anything you say, I won't let it go. I have to fucking, you know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta pounce on that shit. I'm like a fucking cat with fucking catnip. I gotta pounce no, on that I, shit. I, I'm here for it. I, I, I mean, I was being boring about Wheel of Fortune on purpose. I can tell that you did not give a shit. Well, I heard Snoop Dogg was on, and you know, I just haven't seen it myself. I'm too busy watching Emmett Otter's Christmas fuck around. Uh, so, <laughs> how dare you? You leave Emmett Otter out of this you poke at me all you want but this is where i draw the line <laughs> just lost his fucking father Dude, so i'm over here I'm, I'm over here being like man i watched fucking conan the barbarian and i watched i watched a fucking steroid documentary and, 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 and jake's like oh yeah i watched the muppet christmas carol and emmett otter and his junk band fuck town <laughs> You're gonna slander the whole town. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas, you heathen. I 
watched Blue's Clues. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would never willingly watch Blue's Clues. And then I washed it down with the Teletubbies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those were shows I was forced to watch when my brother was growing up. So I, I've had my fill of that. Oh, my God. I remember I fucking, I was out one, I was, yeah, I was 20. Yeah, I was 20. And I went out the we I went out for the weekend to Champagne, and I'd come back, and I I'd come back at like four in the morning, and my roommates were up, and they were like, they were they had been frying on acid, and they were like, we were we were frying on acid, and there's this thing on TV, and there's this little baby in the sun, and these <laughs> and, and these, <laughs> and these little creatures on this fucking like grassy hill. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And I'd say it was like a month later. They fucking were like, dude, this is that fucking thing we were talking about. And they showed me the Teletubbies. I thought they made this shit up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would too if I didn't know what, what it was. That show was fucking crazy. Yeah, dude. I was like, oh, because I just thought they were frying balls and like imagined that they saw all that shit. No, they were watching Teletubbies frying balls. Oh, I've seen that stupid show over a hundred times. My brother's 20 years younger than me. So Teletubbies, Blue's Clues, and Arthur were the big three. And I've, I've seen those so many times. Arthur's oh. so fucking dumb. How? I never understood. <laughs> yeah, that kid needs a wedgie. I never understood why fucking kids watch that fucking Arthur kid. I, the, the only Arthur I watched was fucking Dudley Moore, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. On the rocks or get it the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh man, Teletubbies was weird as shit though. They had like a vacuum cleaner that would get super like promiscuous with them. Do you remember this? Have you seen this shit? No. <laughs> it would like suck all over their bodies and they'd just be like, ooh la. And it was it was fucking weird. Damn, I kinda want I kinda want one of those. <laughs> I know I'm like selling this show now. Damn. <laughs> That's kinda hot. Uh. Um, did you watch anything, Joe? Yeah, I finished the peripheral on Prime Video, and that's like a, a sci-fi thriller and action adventure. It's it's a total mind fuck show. I absolutely loved it. I give it the highest to Tupperwares. Um, and then right now, I've been catching up with uh, Demon Slayer, and I'm about two thirds of the way through the first season right now. And, awesome. You're really, really enjoying it. Yeah. You know what I need? To, I need to jump back on my chainsaw, man. I, I, Jake, I started watching them dubbed, and I'm through four episodes. I'm dude, that show is fucking incredible. The finale, I think, is Tuesday. Nice, yeah. I gotta get caught up, man. I gotta get caught up. But I've been watching them dubbed on Crunchyroll and really digging it. So, um, anything else, Joe? Ah, uh, no, no. The other one was Severance. Joe was just like, I'm not going to mention that I watched the Emmett Otter thing. Watch any holiday classics, Joe? No, nothing? No, no. Lindsay and the kids have been watching them, so I kind of walked through the room. I caught the end of Home Alone earlier. That was fun. Yeah. Michelle gets mad because every year I won't watch Home Alone 2. Oh, the movie's terrible. They yeah. always watch it, and I talk shit the entire time. Yeah, I draw the line. I want no part of it. I saw it once in the theater, and I'm done. Fuck the bird lady. It's I, I hate any sequel where it's just all the same bits again. And that's exactly what that movie is. Oh, yeah. It's the worst example of sequelitis movies that I've ever seen, where it's every single beat from the first movie just cranked up to 11. Let me, if I, I'll blow your mind, I, I would love to do a breakdown of this one day. But 
Terminator and Terminator 2 are basically the same movie. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. No, 100%. Like, if, if you've watched them, if you watch them, if you've watched them enough and then you just, they're the same fucking movie. They just, it just, it seems, it feels like it's different. It's just, but it's not. It's basically the same movie. Anyway, uh, Paul, do you watch anything? Yeah, I watched uh, Emily the Criminal on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. I saw it was on there. That's a total Tupperware. Um, watched Home Alone. And then uh, today I watched this show. I don't know. It says it came out in 2022. It was on Netflix. It was called uh, Snack versus Chef. And I ended up just falling into this huge. I, I binged the whole thing this morning. Um, they take like these foods, like these, like these food scientists, these people that know everything about food, like what works with what. And they like they're in this competition where they're given like a popular snack food. So like the first episode was Flaming Hot Cheetos, and they had to like try to replicate Flaming Hot Cheetos for their first task. And then the next one, like their next their next challenges. They have to make a snack that's kind of like Flaming Hot Cheetos, but with their own spin on it. And they're given like parameters, like the snack they make. It has to have like the, has to have like that Cheetle dust on your fingers and stuff like that. But it was it was really cool to see how much these people knew about food. And I just I, I binged the whole season this morning. It was it was a lot of fun. And then uh. And then it kept popping up on Netflix. It's from 2013, but I watched this movie with Hugh Jackman called The Prisoners. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, That's fucking – we reviewed that on PCL when it came out. It's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. It's fantastic. And like Paul Dano and yeah. Viola Davis. And yeah, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by uh, uh, the guy that did um, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, that would man. That movie was fucking awesome. Have you ever seen Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler? Yes, yeah, that's a great fucking movie too. That movie's fucking awesome. Yeah, I saw Prisoners in the theater. It was fucking yeah. It was a great fucking movie. That was a really good movie, man. Yeah. Oh, really? That is uh, that is the weirdest good pop bad pop we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move into. Uh, we got uh, just a little bit of Marvel news and DC news on this one, and uh, this that'll be your bonus because this is just we're keeping it loosey goosey this week. Marvel news. news uh deadpool 3 news from dark horizons uh out promoting the just released animated sequel night at the museum kamen ra rises again filmmaker sean levy has offered an update on how the third deadpool film is progressing the film was in development for years until reynolds released an official announcement for the sequel last september and revealed hugh jackman is reprising his wolverine role for the feature which levy is set to direct Stranger Things producer Levy has worked with both Reynolds and Jackman before when he directed Free Guy and Real Steel, respectively. Uh, speaking with Collider this week, Levy confirms the film is remaining very R-rated as he and Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are currently working on the script. Uh, we are, he says, quote, we are writing, rewriting, developing, 
prepping Deadpool every day now. It is such a blast to laugh every day. It is so delicious to hear and write up and come up with these scenes where people are just talking foul. Uh, and the violence is in your face and hardcore, and it's very much a Deadpool movie. And it has Logan in it, and it has Wolverine in it. It's fun. To, it's too fun. I'm having so much fun, and I haven't even hit the sh- and I haven't hit the shooting floor yet. I have to say, developing a Deadpool movie is one of the most fun creative experiences of my life because it's not just that it's rated R; it's that it's so filled with self awareness, and that makes in writing very, very fun in a way that is unique to that franchise. They're going to be. Uh, there's going to be no lack of visual effects, but it's also a North Star priority for Ryan and I to keep Deadpool raw, gritty, grounded in the ways that those movies have been and that all of, all of us love. Did he say North Star priority because he's teasing the X-Man North Star, Jake? I definitely thought about that when you said it, but I think it's just maybe his figure of speech that it's a priority that they're always going to, you know, abide by. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're getting the TVA, we're getting Mobius. I I like to hear that. I mean, I think of like Fast and the Furious, how it kind of started out that way. And then like, now it's like they're blasting off to space. Like I, I wouldn't want to see Deadpool do that where it's like by Deadpool five, we have to have him fighting on the moon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, I hope we get, like, Mobius dropping an F-bomb. You know what I mean? That would be fun. (laughs) I like that he brings up that he can, you know, be, you know, do self-references and and do all the meta humor. It sounds like this movie might lean into that even more than the other two. Yeah. They're saying this. I mean, the tease for this one from the leakers is that Deadpool kills the Fox universe, the Fox Marvel universe. So I think it'll be that I think that'll be fun. It'll be like, you know, like the TVA pruning timelines and maybe since they've lost control of the of the timeline and like their equipment and shit like that in the TVA, maybe they just need instead of instead of being able to prune these other timelines, they're just sending Deadpool and Wolverine in there to fucking kill the Fox universe. Just go. They just like we have to have you just go in there and kill them. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's a fun little, like, you know what I mean? Just to see fucking Deadpool and Wolverine just, like, going around and killing, like, the Trank Fox X-Men, the Trank (laughs) Fox uh, Fantastic Four, and then, like, you know, the Singer Fox characters and shit. Yeah, that's super fun. That's a great idea, honestly. It'd be a great way to introduce them into the MCU proper as well. Like, that would be big fanfare if at the end of that movie, once they've killed all those Fox franchises, that they we see them come into our MCU and that's where we leave it off until, you know, secret wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'd be amazing. It'd open up this Avenue for so many more inside jokes. If he could start ripping on MCU stuff as well. I just think it'd be funny just to see Mobius kind of like with his hands tied, like, fuck, we, I can't, we can't go in there and prune these, these alternate timelines. (laughs) I just, and he's embarrassed that he has to ask them to go around killing people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Levy goes on to say that years ago he succumbed to studio pr- uh, pressure and edited the Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson comedy The Internship down from an R rating to a PG-13 in the process gutting the film. He calls it one of the few regrets in my career and he won't make that mistake again, especially here. Um, he also confirms filming on the new film will kick off on or about May next year 
ahead of its November 2024 release. So that's exciting news. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more news from this. I'm so happy to start hearing actual Deadpool 3 news. You know, I, I you know, it, it was huge to hear that the TVA and Owen Wilson is going to be in there. And it's huge getting, you know, Hugh Jackman back as Logan Wolverine. But just knowing that, yes, this is happening. It is going to be rated R. They're not fucking, they're not dropping it down to a pussy ass fucking PG 13. You know, this is going to be rated R. I love I, I love a rated R Deadpool, man. I don't think you can I mean, we saw what they did with that holiday special version. At least I did. I saw it in the theater. I know they've since released it. It just wasn't as good. Deadpool two just wasn't a great movie. It wasn't as good as the first, but it was even worse as a holiday special. PG thirteen. It just didn't work. And so I can't even imagine. I, I'm also excited to see what Sean Levy can do with, with R rating because I mean We've seen, you know, Free Guy. Free Guy is very good, and I was also a big fan of his Netflix movie. I, I forget what it was called. The Adam but, um, Project. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah it'll it be interesting good. to see what he does with a full-on R. Yeah. Like I don't think we've really seen that out of him. And he directed one of my favorite TV episodes this year. He directed the Stranger Things episode, uh, Dear Billy. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that was him. Yeah, that was yeah. Sean Levy. Fucking, I think I I like Sean Levy. I think yeah, he's really I love good. what he's been doing. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I think that's good for Deadpool three, and I, I it'll be neat to see him with the reins off. Uh, I got one more thing from Marvel news here, and it's just a rumor from Can We Get Some Toast on Twitter. Uh, it's about Daredevil: Born Again. He says uh, Matthew Murdoch will have no less than six different suits in Daredevil: Born Again. It's a little overboard. Oh my God. That's overboard. Sideshow collectibles is like cha-ching. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, it would be nice to see him back in the black suit one last time, wouldn't it? Yes, I love the black suit. Yeah, me too. I'd love to see him in that again. And, I mean, it's it's going to be 18 episodes. So, I mean, do you, do you think it's like part of it is just going to be like a montage of him going through different suits? Or do you think like throughout – these this eighteen episode run will just see him in a series of different suits. Oh, I hope that they have the the musical montage of him like walking out of like the dressing room with six different suits. You know, it's like, <laughs> that it, totally matches the tone on the Netflix series, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're saying, man, every fucking every leaker out there now is saying it's going to be just as fuck. It's going to be R rated. It's going to be TVMA. It's going to be TVMA. So I'm man, I'm really I'm. I'm really holding out hope that it's going to be TVMA. Charlie Cox, we talked about his quotes recently, I think at CCXP, and he was saying that this version of Matthew Murdoch uh, and his show would fit in well with a Deadpool 3 movie, basically saying, like, listen, it's going to be, I think he's saying it's going to be R-rated TVMA. Man, I hope so. Oh, no, you don't care. You fucking you folded on that shit just like you fucking folded on the smile Blu-ray earlier. (laughs) You said, hey, I I will take Matt Murdock. If if it's a lightened down version, I'm still going to watch it. But come on, come on. Netflix ones was my favorite of that bunch. And so I really hope that they're able to match that tone. But I said, I I said, if we get watered down, pussy ass daredevil i i'm telling you after the president that they set with that actor in the netflix series if we get anything watered down and it feels just like every other disney plus show that we've gotten so far with just like 
comedy and, you know, like, I'm telling you, like, the, the, if I would have, I would have been out, Joe, after the first episode. I promise you, man. I, I, I couldn't do it, man. That's bastardizing what we loved about everything from that original and just basically saying, like, oh, we got the same actors. That's it. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, I mean, that, that is true. Did, did you get far enough in She-Hulk to see his cameo in that? I finished She-Hulk, man. Okay, yeah, right on then. What did you think of him in that? It's fine because it's a She-Hulk series. But you give him his own fucking series, you can't do that. If you put Deadpool in a PG-13 movie, I'm not expecting Deadpool to get pegged in the fucking movie. I understand that it's going to be PG-13 Deadpool. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Wolverine showing up in a PG-13 and not fucking, you know, slicing people's heads off and, and, uh, and, and shit like that. But when we get these solo movies and these solo projects with these Marvel characters that have been pushed as R-rated characters previously, I mean, and then you tone them down to a PG-13 in their own solo project, I think that that's, that's taking away something that was special to people at one time. And you're just giving us more of the same shit that we've been getting. And I'm not saying like it's shit just because it's PG-13. Because I I don't want to see a R-rated Ms. Marvel for crying out. I don't want to be. I don't want Ms. Marvel season two to be like it's fucking watching Euphoria or some shit. <laughs> no, that'd be wild. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not being crazy with this. I'm not saying that everything Deadpool shows up in it has to be fucking rated R. But a Deadpool solo outing needs to be rated R. That's kind of like the precedent that they've set set with that character, especially with the same actor. You if, mean Daredevil? I, Deadpool or Daredevil? Yeah. Because it was a discussion yeah. of Deadpool at one time. Is he going to be PG-13 now with the Kevin Feige behind it? We were worried about that at one time. And, you know, the quotes from Sean Levy have me really excited that now it's going to be rated R. I don't have to worry about that. That's cool. Awesome. But I do have a problem with them recasting same actors and then, like, giving us different versions of these characters that just that that aren't as graphic or as intense as we've had them in the past. I you know agree Yeah, and it's probably a bit premature and also way too optimistic for me to say that oh, I'm going to be I'm going to watch all 18 episodes of that even if it sucks because I mean just as recently as the Willow series on Disney Plus, I went into that assuming that I was just going to love it because I love the other the Willow movie from the 80s so much and I couldn't you know, after yeah. those first two episodes, I was like, I'm out. I'm not watching any more of this. So, uh, I mean, that maybe that could happen if they do ruin that character that much, because I do have a lot of love for that that Netflix Daredevil series. I've gone back and watched that full run. I mean, more times than I can remember. And I didn't even finish Luke Cage or fuck. I didn't finish any of the other ones. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I hope they don't fuck it up. I, I would love to see a rated R one and. Yeah, yeah, I had to like confront a uh, <laughs> confront a little bit of truth there. That now that's probably just optimism, thinking that no matter what, you're going to love this. I mean, if they're if they're planning on bringing back Jessica Jones, which I keep hearing she's going to show up in, I think his series, or one, in one of these series, they're going to be teasing her. And I keep hearing that John Bernthal's coming back as Punisher too. I think they're all going to be rated R if they come back. I really, I really do. So. 
hope they can do it. And then if they give us another season of Moon Knight, it'd be great if they could oh. give us the violence level on that that they promised the first time around. <laughs> I can, you know what? If I never see Moon Knight again in the MCU, I'll be perfectly fine. But that's me. <laughs> that's me. I know you loved it, Joe. I know. I know. Talking to to Neil Tholander, he loved it as well. I know there's a lot of people that did love Moon Knight. But as far as I can see out there, it's like consensus on the on the internet. Moon Knight is like one of one of people's least favorite fucking Disney Plus projects that they put out. Yeah, so. it gets a lot of hate. Yeah, because it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have been so much better if they would have given us those fight scenes. Yeah, I, you know I can freely admit that. Yeah, uh, let's see here. I do. Have, we got a bunch of DC news to go over. Um, Jake, I know you got to leave here in a little bit. You let me know and we'll pause and you can. Yeah, I still got about 25 minutes. Okay, cool. All right, here we go. DC. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC news. You fucking pieces of shit. Apparently there has been some screenings of, uh, of the blue beetle movie. So some people uh, out there have been able to watch Blue Beetle. Um, word that is coming out is that uh, reactions are mostly positive. Um, they mention other superheroes, but none of them make appearances. Uh, Supergirl is referenced alongside The Flash in Central City. Uh, the film is definitely set post-Flash. Um, the super That Superman line mentioning him being the hero of metropolis um they don't get into it anyway i don't know if it's sounds like it's been left out possibly i don't know um dan garrett and ted korg classic original comic book suits are on display in ted's lair despite ted not being in the film he is still honored throughout and mentioned um uh, jaime's family uses ted's ship and weapons to help jaime in the film uh, Blue Beetle is still faithful to the character of Jaime, though they do age him up a bit. He's 22 and seemingly graduated from Gotham University. He wears a Gotham University hoodie in a scene. Uh, Susan Sarandon's performance is campy, but still good as the antagonist. And uh, f- yeah, Flash is directly referenced in this DC film. It, isn't it starring the the kid from fucking Cobra Kai? Yes. Yeah, he looks great in the suit. Have you seen the leaked photos of him in the suit, Paul? Yeah, he looks awesome. The suit I'm looks, excited. Suit looks yeah. fantastic. I thought the poster looked really good. Um, so uh, what do we think? Do we think Gunn's kind of like just going to throw this one out there too and it's going to be a one and done? It, it seems kind of a shame too, especially with this young Cobra Kai actor who everybody's really high on and uh, for him to only get one outing as the character – would kind of suck. I hope this is, if I hope if the movie's good, I hope this is one of the ones that they can kind of retool it to where it doesn't really fit in with like the current Snyderverse, And then this could go forward and kind of be its own thing. Yeah. I'm not sure how that's going to work. I mean, hearing you report that it's not going to have any actual cameos in it is good news for it. Like they could possibly just fold it into the next thing. You know, and if Supergirl um, is referenced, then they have no plans for her. They could always take that line out. So yeah. they could always take the flash stuff out. I haven't seen the suit pictures yet. Does it look like a Snyderverse suit? No, um, it 
Oh, God, they uh, look great. Just Google Blue Beetle suit leak. Yeah, and they'll come right up. Yeah, all right. There's there's ones with him the mask on, and then there's one with there's a there's few with uh, the mask off as well, and they look fantastic. Yeah, it's a really great looking suit. I got high hopes for this movie. I've I've enjoyed the Blue Beetle comics that I've read with with Jaime Reyes, and I I really enjoyed him in Young Justice too. He was one of my favorite parts of that team. Well, I'm hoping that man, if this movie takes off and people really enjoy this movie, that James Gunn will see some, you know, he'll he'll see something behind this. And I, I think for me going forward, man, can you imagine uh, a Booster Gold Blue Beetle? Um, movie directed by James Gunn, a blue and gold. Oh, yes, please. That would don't be so much fun. Me, don't give me hope. <laughs> 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 I mean, there's been some, I mean, there's been some great runs of, you know, booster gold and blue beetle in the past, like in the you know mid two thousands. Um, I can't remember the creative team, but man, there's been some great fucking series with those guys. And I think they could be very fun and funny and, you know, I can't, I, James Gunn can't direct everything, so he'd probably find somebody else for it. But, um, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, Patty Jenkins has addressed the Wonder Woman 3 controversy. Did you guys see this online? Yes. No, yeah. I did not. Yeah, here, here's her quotes. Let me pull this up. Um, sigh. I'm not one to talk about private career matters, but I will not allow inaccuracies to continue. Here are the facts. I originally left Rogue Squadron after a long and productive development process when it became clear I, it couldn't happen soon enough and I did not want to delay Wonder Woman 3 any further. When I did, Lucasfilm asked me to consider coming back to Rogue Squadron after Wonder Woman 3, which I was honored to do so, so I agreed. They made a new deal with me. In fact, I am still on it and that project has been in active development ever since. I don't know if it will happen or not. We never do until the development process is complete, but I look forward to its potential ahead. When there started being backlash about Wonder Woman 3 not happening, the attractive clickbait false story that it was me that killed it or walked away started to spread. This is simply not true. I never walked away. I was open to considering anything asked of me. It was my understanding that there was nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC is obviously buried in changes they are having to make. So I understand these decisions are difficult right now. I do not want what has been a beautiful journey with Wonder Woman to land on a negative note. I have loved and have been so honored to be the person who got to make these last two Wonder Woman films. She is an incredible character. Living in and around her values makes one a better person every day. I wish her and her legacy an amazing future ahead with or without me. Walking side by, um, oh yeah, she, she gets into, uh, talking about, uh, her time with Linda Carter, her time with Gal. Uh, she says, lastly, but most importantly, thank you to the incredible Wonder Woman fans and for all of your love and support. Wonder Woman fans are often not the most visible in the media and online, but I, I want you to know that we have always seen and celebrated you and your importance. You were first and foremost in our minds every day we made the last two films. You are the best and most loving people, and I look forward to always celebrating you. Uh, thank you for all this wonderful journey. Keep up the Wonder Woman spirit. And yeah, that's those are the quotes from Patty Jenkins. So it's not true that she was not open to listen to any kind of like changes or or notes from the new you know studio head Saffron and Gunn. 
Um, and she did not walk away. She is basically, I guess, in a state of limbo right now, waiting to find out what they're going to be doing with Wonder Woman. Um, I would probably guess that it has nothing to do with Patty Jenkins going forward. Yeah. James Gunn also collaborated everything she said on Twitter, at least the stuff he would, you know, know firsthand about. And said that, you know, what she was saying was all legit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I wonder who made up the shit with her sending an email with a link to Wikipedia showing character <laughs> development then. That, that, that is, it's such a salacious story. I mean, no wonder it had legs and, and spread like that. Yeah. I'm not going to put out any names, but, you know, we can also we can all think of some sites out there that put out a bunch of false bullshit. So for sure. Um. Jake, do you want to take back what you said last episode about Gunn not announcing shit until after the Flash comes out? Because <laughs> like this. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw I saw that and laughed. I I saw that and laughed. I mean, I still think it's going to be very insidery. Sure. Like I okay. I don't think we're going to be seeing like the magazine covers and the trailers quite yet. But but yeah yeah. I, it looks like they're ready to fucking sweep the old under the rug as fast as possible. Yeah, I mean, even like- if it means to the detriment of the box office for some of these some of these movies yeah um if you're still confused by the whole henry cavill announces his return that happened after black adam and then this whole thing of like cavill is you know james gunn has let him go news basically what what happened is when discovery took over and got rid of walter hamada there was this really weird interim period where there was a um, massive leadership vacuum and you had guys like Michael DeLuca and Dwayne Johnson who were able to, within that, that small amount of time, that interim period from like October to like sometime in maybe early, maybe late November, early December where like these guys were able to, get away with making some of these big moves. And then all of a sudden everything just kind of stopped abruptly when James Gunn took over. Um, Basically discovery let this happen because they didn't have studio heads taking over at that time. And was it the smart move? I, I think it just added more fuel to like this, this backlash that we're getting from some of the people that don't want to see the Snyderverse die. So it, I agree. I, yeah, I mean, I can understand why you want to keep your talent happy. I do feel like Henry Cavill was kind of caught in a crossfire here. A lot of people will say like, Oh, he left the Witcher because of the reports of season three of the Witcher going away from the source material. And he didn't like that. And I don't think that's the case. I, 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 I think that's the way they're trying to spin it. I think he left The Witcher because he saw a, a new deal with Superman on the horizon. And now that that didn't happen, now he's kind of like, you know, now that Liam Hemsworth has already fucking taken over that role, he's kind of like he's lost two jobs. He lost the Superman job he thought was coming and he already gave up his Witcher job. And it sucks. It really fucking sucks, especially for fans of both his Superman and fans of his Jarrell, because I loved him as the Witcher. I won't go back and watch season two now because we're going to lose him. And uh, 
So he's on another fan favorite franchise now, though, right? Yeah, he's got the, the Warhammer gig with Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, it's it's at the death of fucking The Witcher, in my opinion. They're, they've already started like an online petition now. Uh, fans have started an online petition to like have Liam Hemsworth removed and bring and and, and bring Cavill back. Because that's how much how, how beloved he is in that role. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, He's such a good Geralt. It, it really is a blow to see him go. I was just reading an article earlier that the, the showrunners were saying that uh, the way season three shakes down, it's kind of a perfect send off for him. And it's like, oh, I don't I don't want to see him go. I, I mean, season two was was good. It, I, in my opinion, it wasn't quite as good as season one, but it was still very watchable. And I, I understand where the, the book readers are coming from, because um, I, I I've read the book that season two's kind of based on and it's not really based on that book at all, turns out. And so if if Cavill is as big of a fan of the source material, I can see why he would be getting upset with them for for going a different direction. But, man, all this stuff being so close together, it's it just really does make you wonder what the actual truth of it is. Yeah, I I think you can spin it that way. I think he I think he I think he was like I'm going to be a movie star again. I'm going to be Superman again. I'm doing this. And I think he got fucked out of both of them. So, you know, wish in one hand shit in the other. So, um James Gunn uh a lot of people are like, you know, with the with Warner Brothers they're always they're always worried about studio interference. Studio interference. Warner Brothers being the studio interfering with these individual projects and inter, you know uh, interrupting the director's process. And James Gunn talked about s- studio interference. He said the only studio interference would be with him and Saffron. He said. Um, the position is different than it was with Zack. He's talking about Zack Snyder. Peter and I are heads of DC Studios. The only studio interference would be from us. And he put a fucking exclamation point at the end of that. So there's... I firmly believe the the only person that could interfere with it would be Zaslav at that point. That's the only guy ahead of those two. And if Zaslav puts his trust into, into Gunn, and if he's back in Gun, I think he's just going to roll with Gun. He's going to roll with Gun until Gun lets him down, right? Yeah, I completely so. agree. I mean, no matter what you think of Snyder, it's impossible to deny that his vision was hurt by studio interference, especially by the end. Like you know, it's what happened. And yeah, I don't. They gave James Gunn this job because they're confident that he can do it. I think until he has some mega flops, they're just gonna. Let him see his vision through. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, th- I think they're definitely putting all the trust in James Gunn. Um, yeah, like I just, I mean, I'll have more comments when we. I'm sure there's another story coming up, but like, it is kind of hard to see, you know, losing Cavill. But I also like, I stand with Gunn on this. Like, I think you know, you got to do everything. You kind of got to hit the hard reset button and it does make me sad because we're talking about the blue beetles like where is that gonna land like 
I want to see more of that, but it's just, it's just a crazy time right now uh, watching this on the outside with uh, DC. And yeah, I think, you know, I think James Gunn as someone who has been like kind of the independent filmmaker. I think he is going to have a pretty big sandbox for the directors he hires. I I don't have any reason to believe he's going to be using a lot of his like boss interference card as of now for like these directors that he hires. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's going to be any more of this. Uh, hopefully there's not going to be any more of this. Like, you know, I'm still worried about Warner brothers interfering kind of talk, you know, going forward. Yeah. I, agree. Um, I think that should be hopefully a thing of the past. Um, and I think that, you know, that's only, that can only be a good thing that, uh, you know, no more placing the blame on the studio, if there's any blame and anything going wrong here, we got to be putting it on Gunn, Saffron, and the director and the writing team of like whatever project, you know, maybe people aren't connecting with. So, um, Gunn says Robert Pattinson's Batman is not joining the main, uh, the main DCU. He says, uh, there are few reporters I love more. And he's talking about, uh, a reporter, I guess, Adam B. Very. Uh, Gunn tweeted, he is truly a good guy, but in this case, he needs to get a new source as this is entirely untrue. Talking about, uh, um, uh, Pattinson's Batman version of Batman joining the main DCEU. Um, the DCU as it's being called now. So like, I, 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 I believe him here. I, he's saying, I think just like just like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I think is going to be separate. I think this this particular Batman is going to be separate. Um, and if I'm, you know, Joe Vitale from the Vintage Geeks, who I love, he thinks that eventually they'll try that they'll fold this version of Batman into the main DCU somehow, maybe like in a crisis event or something like that. And if I'm wrong, I'll eat crow on this one. But I don't think Matt Reeves and Pattinson want that. No, no way. Neither of them do. I mean, if Pattinson's career just is a fucking, if it's a train wreck within the next 10 years and he needs a fucking dump truck of money to fucking get his name back out there or something, then maybe. But, um, hopefully Gunn's smart enough and just keeps it separate because Gunn has recently said, like, he, Gunn said that he has his own, um, he was asked, if Batman's going to be a big part of the DCU and, and not just kept to Matt Reeves version. So like, so like, will there be another Batman who is a little bit more, you know, who's, who's not being sidelined so that Pattinson's version has like the main stage, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, and Gunn said, Batman's going to be a big part of the DCU. So that leads so that, he should. So that leads me to believe that like these two things will exist separately. Um and it's not like they're gonna sideline this other Batman just because their main focus is on the Pattinson one. So um I think we can I think that's the right move too. I think there's enough space out there for both things to exist. I think more patents and Batman movies can do big numbers and the DCU with a new Batman can do big numbers. I don't really see them eating each other up in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you, I'm trying to think of like, 
trying to think of like Batman actors. You know what I mean? I was thinking at one moment I was thinking Glenn Powell, but then I was like, man, Glenn Powell would be a fucking pretty good Harvey Dent. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Oh yeah, he would. Glenn Powell. If you're not familiar, played, uh, he was, uh, um, was it, was it hangman in, uh, yeah. in, uh, Top yeah. Gun Maverick. He was also in devotion recently, but, um, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see who, who's, who guns picks are, um, taking over some of these characters. Uh, and we, the big, I guess the biggest news, and we kind of, you know, talked about it earlier is that Henry Cavill is no longer Superman at Warner brothers. Um, this came from THR, um, nearly two months to the day after Henry Cavill declared on Instagram, he was back as Superman quote. I wanted to make it official. Um, now he said a new post on Instagram on December 14th. I will after all not be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that James and Peter have a universe to build. And so, yeah, he's out. And um, Cavill found himself in a, in a confluence of different head headwinds at the studio. Dwayne Johnson pushed for his return via the much-hyped cameo in Black Adam a potential linchpin for Johnson's own DC Universe franchise, but Black Adam has grossed only $389 million worldwide. It's soft performance calling into question Johnson's much-touted plans for a sequel and eventual Adam versus Superman movie even before Gunn's decision. New Warner Brothers film co-chiefs Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi, meanwhile, wanted to make a Man of Steel sequel, hiring Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight to write the treatment. Um, quote, in the end, he was a pawn in Dwayne's failed attempt to control a piece of D, uh, to control a piece of DC, one insider observes. I think that's what happened. Oh, Man, yeah. that's really too bad also, because I mean, and the rock's just been everywhere recently for like the last several years, just black Adam, black Adam, black Adam, and to see it fail so spectacularly. And then man, take, take, seemingly take Cavill down also along with it, even though, you know, it's, it's maybe not just that because, you know, like you were saying earlier that these guys get, were able to get in during this gap of leadership and be very vocal with these announcements. But yeah. I, I, you know, I don't blame the rocks fucking tactics here. Good, good on him doing everything he could to fucking push his movie and push his agenda. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to try to fucking do what you can to rally the fans and rally the people behind you. But it's just what sucks about that, Joe, is that fucking Cavill is a casualty of it. Yeah. Yeah, it does suck because I I think that he had such promise to where if he had just had the right script to go on, that we could have had a really, really spectacular Superman movie you know, with, with him in, in that titular character. And to see that that's never going to happen now. It is a bummer, but I'm also excited to see what the future could hold because it was like there was little gems and parts of the old DC that that I really, really loved. But I would never come out and say that it's a it's an excellent, cohesive universe and everything on it works. It, it seemed like when there was one of those movies that really popped off and was good, it was the exception, not the rule. No, I agree. Jake, do you got to get going? Uh, yeah, now would be a good enough time. All right. We will take a quick pause and be right back. 
All right. Hey, we are back. Um, we were talking about, uh, you know, Cavill's not going to be Superman anymore. And uh, talking about no hope for a Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill. Uh it looks like this, uh, thanks to a new report from The Hollywood Reporter, we know now who was expected to be the central antagonist of the Charles Roven and Stephen Knight's hypothetical film. Uh, that villain would have been, they, they would have used uh, Brainiac, uh, the iconic villain who has been part of Superman's mythos since the 1950s, uh, would have been uh, the villain for the Stephen Knight written um Man of Steel 2. I actually heard that the studio wasn't too happy with the script anyway. So who knows if that would have ever come to light anyway. But that's, I guess, who the villain was in the uh, Stephen Knight written script. Stephen Knight, from the, the writer from Taboo and Peaky Blinders, if you're familiar. Anyway, n- no comments, guys. Um, new. <laughs> I just sit there like fucking deer in headlights Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. <laughs> News from Deadline. Someone else is going to jump in there. I mean, I, I know. seems pretty been there, done that. I mean, I, but I guess like the Superman rogues gallery isn't, you know, you haven't seen too- Brainiac live action. Oh, uh, I mean, Smallville did at the time. Okay. Live action movie. Smallville. Come on. Okay. I mean, that's instantly what I thought of. Well, then I'm glad you fucking said it. I'm glad somebody said something. I'm not getting on you, Jake. At least you fucking said something. I got, I got fucking Joe and fucking Paul, Paul over there in a Culver's concrete mixer diabetic coma, not saying shit. Yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a very spoken Man of Steel hater. So I thought I was being nice, like letting someone else like say what they thought because I, I figured everyone knows what I thought. I know, but been there, done that. When it was just done on Smallville budget, come on. It, anyway. I, I wonder how Brainiac would have even translated, though, because like, like I, I feel like I've read a fair amount of comic comics, and I can't think of like too many like super iconic Brainiac roles. So I wonder just how that villain would have would have worked on a, a a regular movie going audience. It seems weird that they that's the the pick that they took. Of all the villains I could choose from, that's the one they're going to go with. But wasn't of wasn't, all the villains, name three other Superman mainstay villains. <laughs> well, it's it's like you could have gone the direction of Lobo. That could be a really fun character to go off of uh, Lex Luthor. But then you would have been stuck in maybe doing the Jesse Eisenberg one, which was fucking tragic. Um, Mister Mixel Plick Stick Lick Dick Dick. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a weird one. <laughs> yes. What's uh, I'm a big Bizarro fan. Oh yeah. yeah, Bizarro could be cool. Oh, we're gonna get him as Dave Batista in the Snyder uh, Superman universe. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, and then we got news from Deadline. Uh, new Superman pick in the works with James Gunn penning. Henry Cavill not to star Ben Affleck in talks to helm a future DC pick. Uh, so yeah, a lot going on here in this deadline article. Uh, DC bosses Peter Safran and James Gunn tonight officially made known their plans for their first movie under the regime. It's Superman, a script that the latter is currently writing about the Man of Steel's early days. It's not an origin story, but a new actor will be sought to play Superman. Um, 
Meanwhile, we hear from sources uh, familiar to the scene that Gunn and Saffron are in talks with Ben Affleck. The sources familiar to the scene. This is all stuff that Gunn said on Twitter. Don't say sources close to the scene. <laughs> Just say we got on Twitter like the rest of the fucking world and read what James Gunn said. Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, we hear from sources familiar to the scene that Gunn and Saffron are in talks with Ben Affleck to stay in the DC universe, but as a director, he is set to reprise his Batman role in The Flash, which opens on June 16th. Gunn and Saffron plan to unveil their full DC plan in January, but are taking meetings with various talent connected to the universe to share their vision as they sort of, as they sort out a more cohesive plan for the comic book brand stretching across all mediums. In a tweet, Gunn wrote, Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. Among those on the slate is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. We just had a great meeting with Henry, and we're big fans, and we talked about a number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Um, and then I got this from comicbook.com. I want to talk about that here in a second. Responding mm-hmm. to fan questions online, Gunn noted that he's, quote, definitely not doing an origin story, and that in the new Superman movie, the character is not meeting the major characters for the first time, either. He's merely younger. With the tease of major characters, many fans are wondering if that refers to his fellow Justice League members like Batman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, or his Daily Planet cohorts like Lois Lane, Perry White, and Jimmy Olsen. We're inclined to think the the latter, since throwing new versions of those characters all into a brand new reboot seems mighty ambitious, especially for a studio that is enacting a 10-year plan. Anyway, we'll talk about that here in a second, but... Going back to, you know, they met with Henry. Somebody on Twitter said like, oh, I'm paraphrasing, but they were like, oh, real shitty for Henry to find out, you know, through gun that, you know, over the phone or through a tweet or whatever the fuck or through a text that he's not Superman anymore. And, and gun came, but shot back and said, no, I sat down with Henry and we talked face to face about this. Um, and I guess, they discussed other possibilities. Here's the thing. Let me ask you this. To be the crown jewel of DC, and you, you, some people are going to argue that it's Batman, but me and Jake, I think we're on, the, we're on the same page that it's still Superman. You know, the crown jewel. He's the granddaddy, right? You know? It, it, should, be, it should be Superman. It should be Superman. He's the grandpappy of fucking DC. Okay. Batman's like the fun uncle. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> So the crown jewel of DC to go from the crown jewel down to anything less in my opinion is, you know what I mean? It's, I'm not saying it's a slap in the face and I think it's, I think it's a nice gesture, but I said gesture really wrong, weird uh, (laughs) gesture. Like I'd never said the word before. Like I bumped into it the first time. It's a a weird word. It's it's one of those words that if you say a couple of times, doesn't even sound like a word anymore. It was weird. It was just like, you know, like, whoa, there's there's a word I've used many times, but I'm going to say it gesture. <laughs> I said <laughs> gesture, gesture, Jesus, gesture. Anyway, um, it's a nice gesture, but it's like, I don't know if you can go from being like Superman to anything else. 
I mean, would it be? Ex- I, I don't know if I could do that. I think if I'm Henry, Henry Cavill, um, it'd have to be a really fucking amazing role. I just, you know, I don't think they're offering him Batman guys. I don't think. I think it would be something. I think it'd be like a one and done kind of like villain character at that point. For Henry Cavill to come back? Yeah. No, 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 no. It got what Gunn would be offering. I I don't think Gunn's offering him like, oh, you're going to be, you know, a future Green Lantern. You're going to be, you know, oh, you'll be the next Batman in my universe. I think it's going to be like, we've got a role for you. Maybe they have him play like a villain or something like that in, in, a one, in one movie. And, you know, that's it. You know, I don't know if he if he has big plans for for Cavill going forward. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong. But I I thought to me, Gunn's quote kind of fueled the fire for me thinking that eventually they do plan on doing some kind of crisis with these Snyder characters. Totally. Okay. Yeah. That's the other way to look at it. We talked about that last week. Yeah. That's the other way to look at it. I thought that even more so after reading these quotes from James Gunn and, um, you know, before we heard all this news, we, we'd heard the quote from James Gunn talking about how um, I'm paraphrasing, but that Superman's like the cornerstone of, of the DCU. Um, I think he really proved that by coming out and saying that he's the one writing the screenplay. I, I was very surprised by that. I, I would not have guessed that the next Superman iteration was going to be pinned by James Gunn. And I don't know, as much of a James Gunn fan as I am, I don't know if that's the right fit or not. We've said this. This is nothing new. Go to a previous episode. Both me and you were like, you know what? I don't really care to see a James Gunn Superman. And I still don't. Yeah, I I feel like he should should have given that task to someone else and and done something more his style. But, you know, I'm willing to be proven wrong. Me too. Um, It it does prove – what he said about the importance of the character that he feels like it's something he can't hand the baton off like that, that I believe his convictions now that Superman is that important and so much of a cornerstone of what they're going to do moving forward that James Gunn has to have his hand on it. So let, let's see how it goes. I guess I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh yeah, James Gunn writing a Superman makes perfect sense. It's like he wrote birthright. Did he write birthright? The you, comic book? Oh, that movie with like the bad Superman kid? Thank you, Paul. Uh, I, oh, Brightburn. 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 I think he was yeah, the producer. I, he was a producer. I thought he did write the screenplay. Yeah. Somebody look it up. Um, I think he did write the screenplay, though. Okay. Somebody look it up. Um, yes, yes. Oh, wait. Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn? Okay, his are brothers. Are the screenplay writers? His brothers. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, he was involved. I don't know. I, it's just like it. Okay, so I just didn't. I I'm not gonna sit here and fucking just be like, oh yeah, he's gonna be the he's gonna be the best. This is gonna be the best Superman because it's James Gunn behind it. What is that noise in the background that I keep hearing? Anyway, um, I don't know. I think I think they should have got somebody else on this. Personally. Yeah, it feels like James Gunn with the seatbelt on, right? Like, and I don't want to see that. I want James Gunn to be as James Gunny as he could possibly fucking be in his movies. And him doing Superman feels like he's going to have to have some restraint on kind of the way he normally likes to do things. Yeah. I don't know. Joe, you've always got something positive to say. What do you think? <laughs> 
I'm now I'm I'm more inclined to agree with you guys because as I'm running through my mind and all the different James Gunn movies I've seen, they all have like a a bit of silliness to them. I mean, and, and really, I I feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy ones would be the ones that are kind of the the least slapsticky. And so I'm trying to insert like a Superman type character into those movies. And I, I think he's, I think he's capable of doing it. But, but what Jake was saying about that's it's, it's kind of putting some restraints on him to do it. I think that there's a lot of merit in that. And and for it to be the cornerstone, I, I wonder if this is one of those things where the partnership with Peter Safran is going to be needing to pay off with him to, kind of rein in some of the wackier ideas he might have. It'll be, I, mean, I, I hadn't even really considered this until you said it. So a part of my mind is kind of spinning right now being like, is he going to fuck up Superman? That would be terrible. I know he's like great usually with like his musical choices and stuff like that. But like now we're replacing, I mean, we might be replacing like the John Williams score and the, you know, definitely replacing the Hans Zimmer score. I thought the Hans Zimmer score was fantastic as well. Um, but it's like now we've got we got to come up with like a new Superman score, new Superman theme. How is that going to go over if the, if they are doing a new Superman theme and we're not just going back to the you know John Williams of it all? Um, I don't know. I don't know how this Superman's Plus there's going to be a there's going to be a huge group of people telling you you should hate it before you even see a second of it too. Like the the vocal minority giant Snyder fans are going to just be all over shitting on this movie. Every second they can. Oh, as soon as the casting is out. I mean, yeah, no matter. And they already are. It's already fire James Gunn. Oh, I, the, there's there's people on Twitter making wild fucking claims being like, oh, the Guardians movie sucks. And it's like, get out of here. That's a fucking hot take. But the yeah, only one that's going to survive is James Gunn's wife. Yes, yes, yes. I've, oh, I've no, seen that one. I've seen oh, that one. I've been so pissed about that stuff. And it's just funny as shit to me. But. Uh, yeah, people want to be bitter. Then there is going to be a built-in vocal minority that's going to absolutely fucking hate whatever is happening here. Paul, man, what are you thinking over there? Well, like my bait, like one thing I was thinking is not only is he writing it, but do, do you think there's some chance that he might plan on directing this? A hundred percent. I think it comes down I, to. I think. Yeah, I think you. I think it comes down yeah. to time, and. And, uh, yeah, I think at the end, I think at the end of the day, kicking off the new DCU with this movie, like if this is going to be the cornerstone of the universe, like this is going to be the launch pad for the DCU, this new Superman movie. I don't know if he trusts anybody else but himself to put this movie out there. Yeah. Almost like I'm the one that kind of, for a lot of you fuck, you know, think I fucked it up. I get rid of Cavill. So now this is completely in my hands. Like, I'm going to be taking the reins. I mean, I like that accountability if that's going to be – if that's what's happening. But – Yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm rooting for the guy, but I'm also realistic here. I'm also being realistic that I don't know if James Gunn and Superman kind of go hand in hand. And I think a lot of people aren't really – they just see James Gunn. I love what he's done. His Superman's going to be awesome. It's like, it, guys, it, it, Superman is such a hard character to nail down. And we've seen that over the years. Like, we have seen people try to capture, you know, this ma- this lightning in a bottle that fucking Donner did back in 1978. 
and it really hasn't been done since. Um, and you and know, James Gunn's typical style of sarcasm and edginess just isn't the bill here. It isn't right. Exactly. I, I mean, this ain't your, you know, grandpappy's Superman, you know, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to James Gunn's new edgy Superman. Do I think he's going to tackle it? From that angle, no. But do I do I think that's where his strengths lie? Yes. So maybe he's not like the best guy to do a Superman movie. Like I was thinking, like who would be a good director for Superman? And I was, you know, I recently just watched Captain America: The First Avenger, and uh, I was like, man, what what's Joe Johnston doing right now? Is Joe? Oh, that's perfect. Thank you. That's perfect. I mean, he very much did the same thing with the Rocketeer, just as much as, you know, the Captain America First Avenger. Yeah. I, he really captures that Americana feel that I think would be really welcome in a brand new Superman movie. I really wish Brad Bird could do live action because I think he could do a really good Superman. But after watching Tomorrowland, I don't want him I don't want him touching uh. it. I don't want him touching it. I don't want him touching anything live action because but I, I I think Joe Johnson would be I, I'm I'm I, I'm like Team Joe Johnson. I think Joe Johnson would have been fantastic. But uh, I was always on like I remember when there was rumors years ago about Man of Steel two, and they were to get Matthew Vaughn to do it. I I've always get, thought that was interesting too, Paul. I, I think he could do some terrific action stuff of the likes yes. we've never seen in a Superman movie. I would love him to be the Superman director. Yeah, he's a good choice. He's a good choice as well. Um, Going back to James Gunn, one thing I would say that that we didn't bring up earlier is when you do look at all these comic book movies that he's made so far, they all do have fantastic action scenes in them. And they've also got a tremendous amount of heart. And those are two things that a Superman movie is really going to have to bring in spades. So he does have those things going for him, because even in, in unlikely movies like Guardians of the Galaxy or the Peacemaker series, you didn't expect to find as much you know, hard as you got in those. And, and it was very inventive action scenes. So that that's my silver lining that I'm going to hold on to with this. Yeah. Oh boy. That is, it, did I miss any news guys this week? There's a lot of fucking DC shit that came out this week. I, I'm sure I missed some stuff, but throw it out. I there. mean, the rock, like in his little response, like, he almost kind of made it seem like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, hey, Marvel, I'm available. I I didn't get that. A lot of people were getting that from the from that quote. Did you get that, Jake? Did you see that? I, quote? Didn't, I, did, I, I saw the quote. I didn't smell that at all. I thought that was reading the tea leaves a little too hard. Jake couldn't smell what <laughs> the rock was cooking. Oh, uh, God. I just thought it was weird that he would put in parentheses and Marvel when like in the past. You would bash them at like the MTV Movie Awards, which obviously you're working for DC. But now it's like, hey, I'm not going to be in this first part, but I've always been a big fan of DC and yes, Marvel. Well, Kevin Feige is always I think Kevin Feige and him have had talks in the past about where they could slot him in. So I, I don't know if this is I don't know if the performance of Black Adam is making, you know, Kevin Feige like. You know, or, or, or maybe the recent kind of like antics that have gone on over at DC with him. <laughs> I don't know if that, if that's really attractive to Feige right now, or if he just wants to keep, you know, getting, it feels like he's getting like unknown actors or actors that are like maybe, 
it feels like he gets a lot of the, some of these older actors that just want to get involved in some of these Marvel movies now that they realize yeah. that these things are hot. So I don't know if he wants to get the rock in there. I don't know. I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent, Brian. I, I, I think you do know. I, I think I, I love the rock, but I don't think Feige doesn't need the rock to put butts in seats. Yeah. And so why put up with that much creative control? I mean, this feels like a guy that's not going to put a cape on unless he's some kind of an exec producer on the project. And I don't think anyone is willing to give him the reins in the MCU to do that. So, yeah, I, I just thought he was being gracious and humble. And I think that's the right thing to say. I, I think anything that can kind of like separate the Marvel DC online war that happens is is for the best. So I thought that was one of the better parts of Rock's statements. Um, the funniest part of his statement to me was how like he doesn't completely admit defeat he's like yeah i'm not part of this first chapter <laughs> but i you know <laughs> they may still use me down the road because look at me i'm the rock i'm black adam so i, I don't remember the exact quote but he definitely he really only states that he's not going to be part of dcu 1.0 and that it still could come yeah it's not over yet I thought- but it feels very over did you see that? What was the rumor that he turned down a cameo in Shazam too? Because he's like, you know, I don't, I, I'm too big for that. Yeah, yeah, he big time Shazam too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm only here for the big dogs. You know <laughs> what? Get out of here. If that's true, no, I fucking love it, man. I fucking love it, man. It's hilarious. I think but it's, it's like great. if they were really sticking to script, that's who he would have been fighting all along. I know. I kind of. I still kind of. Joe ain't wrong. Joe ain't wrong. I still kind of fucking love it though. <laughs> he said yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, he's like, I'm gonna lose a fight to Zachary or to to uh oh goddamn, what's his name? Yeah, Zachary, Zachary Levi. Levi. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm gonna lose a fight to that guy in his padded suit. Fuck no. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the only reason we're not hearing that Zach Levi is absolutely fired is they don't want to completely shoot the horse behind the barn before the movie comes out? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like the only one that's escaped all these firings and, and cuts and statements and everything. It just feels like a uh, bad selling point for the movie to do that right now. Zachary Levi was one of the first people to like uh, respond to uh, Henry Cavill, like, uh, you know, finding about it, out about his exit. And he says, you know, hopefully we can see each other in another universe, which uh, other people were speculating that, oh, yeah, these, these guys might show up in Marvel. I still think I. <laughs> oh, my God, that's real. <laughs> no. Yeah. You didn't. You saw that, right? That was Zachary Levi. No, was, I, no, no. I know that the quote is real, but that it, people take everything to think that they're going to go in Marvel. Yeah. Everybody's thinking Marvel. I. Uh, oh, man. I would love to. I still like I, I think Cavill would be a fucking great Wolverine. I would take it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be rad. <laughs> awesome, man. I mean, I think he'd be fantastic fucking Wolverine. So, anyway. That is all He's got to put, put on that space marine armor and get shipped out. Not big Warhammer guys? No. <laughs> no. I know nothing about it. Yeah. <laughs> it involves painting miniatures, I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I know jack and shit it's, about. Warhammer. It's definitely my favorite property Cavill's ever been involved in. That's for sure. You don't so, watch anything he's involved in except for like Mission Impossible Seven. I think I can't. Uh, it has nothing to do with what I watch and what I don't watch. It's just as far as IPs go, he's never been in an IP that I've been a bigger fan of than Warhammer. Gotcha. Okay. All right. 
Oh, fuck. That's all I got, guys. Is it? I don't know. You guys have anything? No. no. I knew you didn't, Paul. Jesus Christ. Hey, you know, I do what I can. You're par for the You're par for the course when it comes to bringing anything. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. I'm the, you son of a bitch. I'm shocked that you gave him a par. I, I've got him at a double bogey. Uh-huh. You all can go to hell. Uh, <laughs> I was to hell. I was in hell the past few days. Today is like the first day I've felt somewhat fucking normal. So. We'll go back there. Oh fuck you! Oh, fuck you, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Paul wishes be deathly fever upon you. No. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna start no, taking just the shits. <laughs> I'm gonna start taking steroids and beat the shit out of you next time I see you. No, Paul. you spoiler alert: you don't need steroids. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to figure out what the new sponsor is going to be next time. today's episode is brought to you by anabolic steroids (laughs) the winner of a month free trial monica garola Uh, that Adam's apple is filling in nicely, Monica. (laughs) 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 All righty. All right, guys. Uh, remember, uh, Get those cheese curds out of Culver's. <laughs> I was getting ready to talk about Culver's, too. Get yourself a beef pot roast sandwich or whatever the fuck is their special. I don't know. Concrete mixer, Paul. Hey, there we go. <laughs> anyway. The patty melt. This is a bonus episode. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be January 8th, I believe, is the day we'll return. And you guys will get a new fucking the Tupperwares episode. And then we'll be moving on. We also have a, an Avatar episode that's going to be uploaded to the feed. So enjoy that. Uh, Joe, when you're not on Pop Culture Leftovers, where can people find you and what you're talking about? Yeah, you can find me on StarCast, having long-form conversations with people. Uh, let's see, last episode, I had Clayton Galeski on from the Leftover Army, and that was really fun. I'd never talked with uh, Clayton before. and I remember I'd heard him on an episode of PCL um, quite a while back and and had a really great conversation with him. Uh, I, I feel like I, I got pretty drunk on that one, so... <laughs> So it probably goes off the rails a bit at some point, but I do recall having a good time talking. With him. He he was on an I, I haven't listened to it, but he was on a What's Your Story episode on the Leftover Army podcast feed with uh, um, Mark and Lenny, and uh, I don't know if they've fixed it, but they 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 they, they put What's Your Story. Clayton Galedke. <laughs> they spelled his name. <laughs> wow. Spelled That's his, awesome. Spelled his fucking name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Clayton Galedke. <laughs> One of the funniest misspellings of names that I ever saw was back in the day the Chicago Bulls had a player. Um, his name was Dickie Simpkins. And... Uh, he came out, uh, and they had misspelled his jersey, and he came out, and it was 
Dick, his name's Dickie, and his they spelled it Smipkins. <laughs> so there was one game where he played in a Smipkins jersey. Dickie oh, Sim, awesome. Dickie Simpkins was now Dickie Smipkins, <laughs> and it was just one fucking game. It was hilarious. I love that he adopted it. No, I don't think he. I don't think he adopted. I think us fans just fucking kind of lambasted him because of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Paul, what's going yeah. on? Where can people find you? We're gonna be back with uh, Apple Oranges when uh, June's feeling better. We're gonna do the Mythic Quest uh, season three recap, and then. Uh, Jess and I have the Cinedudes watch along and just making my kids podcasts. And that's about it. The Cinedudes it has nothing to do with cinema. It has everything to do with their love of cinnamon. So listen, hundred percent. Listen it. to the, yes. Cinnamon toast. Can't, can't, can't blame you there. <laughs> I didn't see you guys talk about all types of cinnamon based fucking pastries and candies and shit. I remember the first episode was cinnamon toast crunch. And the then, cinnamon uh, concrete mixer. Yeah, and then Paul talked about like this uh, stripper he saw back in the <laughs> late nineties. Her name was Cinnamon. Coming out of the ass. stage is Cinnamon. Oh. <laughs> yeah, with an ass. She has some great buns on her. Yeah. <laughs> cinnamon buns. <laughs> fire, Paul! You brought the fire there, buddy. <laughs> it took a couple hours. Took huh? a couple fucking hours, <laughs> but you got there, man. Oh man, dude! Hurry up, uh, take those steroids so we can fight. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I go all. I'm gonna go all roid rage. I'm gonna put you in the. I'm gonna put you in the Boston crab. Wow. Speaking of crabs, I got some from Cinnamon, who's coming out to the main stage right now. (laughs) All right, guys. And until next week, we are uh, two weeks, whenever the fuck we come back. We're getting (laughs) cold. Let's get culverized. <laughs> this episode is not brought to you by Culver's. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, uh, we're putting a lid on it. See ya. Later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is 